Welcome to our you podcast. Paul, I'm a little bit disappointed that we're in a fancy podcast studio and not in the basement in Dublin Street with <laughs> our toilet sound effects and our flapjacks. What's going on? I was thinking about hiring some urinals <laughs> to flush on a regular basis so we'd feel at home. So I apologise. Yeah, I feel like we got... um. Heather here, our guest today. False pretense. False pretense. <laughs> yeah. I, I must say I was looking forward to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, um, we should probably introduce our guest today. Uh, this is Dr. Heather. And uh, welcome to our podcast, our posh podcast posh today. Podcast. Thank you. And um, we're delighted to have you here with us. Um, we apologise that it's not in our little cube of horror <laughs> and, and, um, and Dublin Street. Um, we will uh, unveil it at some point. Um, but today you get the star treatment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and um, we are really genuinely delighted that you could come um, and talk to us a bit about um, your career, your interests, just about you. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. And, and you've brought someone along with you. Yes. Now, Paul and I know <laughs> who your your guest, yeah. your student, mini guest, mini, mini guest, guest. <laughs> a sub guest, no. a sub guest. Uh, Any, would you like to introduce uh, yourself? Oh Wait. yeah, I mean I'm Ene Ene Alu. I'm a student at uh, Aberdeen, Masters mm-hmm. Public Health, and I'm, I'm taking a course uh, with Heather. Uh, that's my work based placement, which is how I met the both of you. Because um, interning with uh, you understood, which has been um, a very amazing experience. But I'm not on my own. Uh, one girl that been here with us, but unfortunately, due to other tasks, she couldn't be here. So, thank you. Yeah, and maybe uh, Wongle has uh, won a watch a little bit and, and not been pulled into this podcast. Yeah. You know what I'm sure she'd thinking. be very excited. Like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> where, where would we fit the other seat? That's uh, a good point. Well, where would we fit the other seat? That's true. <laughs> So Heather, um, let's uh, let's get into it. Okay, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> let's get serious for a minute. And one of the one of the things that um, really uh, kind of interests me uh, as part of the kind of research team at you, and um, I like to call myself a, a pseudo academic mm-hmm. um, at you is is just your research. Um, it's so broad and varied um and and when i read about your research it's, everything seems to be covered <laughs> um and that's a compliment i think you just seem to have this expansive range of research um, and what would be interesting i think for everyone who's listening and, and and watching this podcast would just be to hear about you know what you're currently researching a bit about your previous work mm-hmm. what interests you yep um and maybe just thread a bit through about you know why? Yeah, well, it was interesting actually on the train down this morning um, that we we had a bit of a conversation about exactly that. Um, so hopefully I've rehearsed well enough. <laughs> you have, and, and I have to say the phrase of the day has to be "it makes sense backwards." <laughs> um, that's the fourth time it's been said. Today. <laughs> but I suppose as. I don't know whether to tell the story forwards or backwards now. So I work, my, my main interest is in digital health um, and my main research is in digital health. Mm-hmm. And I suppose 
I've always been interested in technology, earlier adopter of technology. And I mean, we had a computer when I was a kid in the loft and I spent so much time in the loft, which was not decorated. I mean, it was like wooden, you know, floorboards and things. Um, that I would sneak up the ladder to go in the loft and play on the computer. I've always loved technology. Um, and then uh, I suppose digital technology, I'm just very excited about wearable tech, apps, health, now working in applied health sciences. But I actually, my undergraduate degree is in law. Okay. Um, I left school, went, you know, the, like law or medicine. I'm really clumsy. I'm really squeamish. So it wasn't medicine. <laughs> so I ended up doing a law degree and at the end, not wanting to be a lawyer. Um, and I suppose I went back into university thinking, what can I? And I suppose in part, this is why maybe my research is broad, because I have different disciplines coming in. So I then studied gender studies, philosophy, and then worked in social sciences, criminology, and then when I finished my PhD, which had been exploring the use of surveillance technology and policing and, and prisons, um, I was still really interested in technology and like public service delivery, but I didn't see a lot of tech in the health space. And this job came up that kind of combined gender, technology and, and the use of like health interventions that involved technology in some ways that I thought oh, I can maybe apply some of my, you know, bring some of the things together here. And this is 10 years ago, went into health sciences never having studied health sciences before and then kind of enjoyed that so much and learned so much about the different methods of doing research and was able to really explore methodologically the different ways of doing research and really got a baptism of fire I guess in that research space mm -hmm. um, and then started taking it forward really my interest in digital looking at my own experiences of self-tracking and various different technology uses over the years and blogging about them and then really starting to do systematic studies and particularly with students I mean to me working with students is such a, a great thing in the university space where people come in with ideas or different perspectives and you can shape new projects so a lot of the work that I've done recently has been around digital health so we've used wearable devices we've used app-based exercise programs and evaluated them uh, we've done things like looking at uh, regulation around artificial intelligence so my legal background just comes into that and the kind of philosophy of you know just because we can does that mean we should? Yeah. Those questions. Yeah. Um, we recently built a prototype drone, like a, an ambulance drone, because I'm all about just explore and, you know, burst through disciplines. And, you know, I had a student who really loves hill walking, but she's a doctor, medical doctor. And she's like, I'm really interested in drones. So we just did, we did the boring stuff. We did the literature reviewing, but then we like, we built a drone, like we sat in a room together that's and built a drone. Very cool. Very, very cool. Very and now we're taking that work forward and, you know, it's just, and that's working with industry partners and like, like yourself. To me, you know, my job title is lecturer in applied health sciences and the applied bit is the thing to me. I mean, yes, we do the work in the university, but it's actually what's going on out in the world. How can we partner up with people? How can we get the research out there and doing stuff that's yeah. useful, that's meaningful, that helps yeah. push things forward? So, yeah, I don't know if that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm exhausted just <laughs> listening to it. It's a big nutshell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I think, and, and Paul, you'll agree with this. Um, it's the applied bit, isn't it? It's the yeah. it's the what 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 can you do? Yeah. The doing. And I think we talk about this often that um, it's the it's the benefits that you can bring uh, to people. So the research is one part, and it's, it's such a fundamentally huge part of, of of what what you do and what we do, and um, what Annie is bringing to the party here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but it's the it's the getting it into people's hands and yep. 
and um and and the working with people yep. um and you you talked there a lot about uh just picked my ears perked up there when you talked about about tracking mm-hmm. and your passion for tracking and you know we are quite passionate about tracking yep. over here at you understood and um what do you like about tracking what do you dislike about tracking we know that you've done that for a number of years yeah so I have tracked and again we were talking on the train so I've actually tracked as a teenager using paper and pen and I I hadn't actually realized that I'd done that until I started using technology and then thinking "Ah, there must be something about me because I've done it you know I used to used to have this book where I used to write down everything I'd eaten in a day and all the calories you know and it was now I've got an app that I just can scan things and type things in but you know, period tracking. I've done that my whole life. I have, you know, like over a decade of data, two decades of data um, for that. Um, I'm just, I think now with technology and the possibilities, it's become a lot easier because in the beginning, you know, wearable devices, they weren't, I had Fitbits and Jawbones and I've had technology designed for women, um, the necklaces and so on. And I use an Apple Watch just now and it's getting easier and easier to track so many different things. But I think, I've just seen the potential of tracking stuff. So the other thing that I've done as well is had like um, genetic profiling. So I'm really interested in like my health record. Yeah, it's, you know, the stuff that is the official stuff that's been interactions with health professionals. But there's so much around health and self-management and insights that are that you can track for yourself. That I yeah. think I like the whole. It was interesting. There's um. Uh, a woman called um, Sarah Rigar, and I think she's based in Finland, but she's got Parkinson's disease, and she's she talks about. I think she has like two hours per year with in reviews, and the rest of the time it's her. So all of those other and my mass is terrible. So how many other hours are there in yeah, a year? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's my mass. A lot. A lot. <laughs> that's good. That sounds good for yeah. me. But yeah, so she was sort of talking about she tracks a lot of the, the stuff around her own sort of disease progression and the insights, and I was thinking. You know, into the future, I can look at my genetic profile and say, right, okay, well, Parkinson's doesn't feature on that for me. But are there other things? And are there things that I could track across the life course that then I've got this data set that could be useful, again, backwards? <laughs> so, like, you know, while there might be nothing wrong at the moment, and I might not be tracking for any particular reason, um, you know, I don't have any that I know of um, conditions that I'm managing. Um, I'm just tracking lifestyle and I guess we hear all the time about lifestyle is really important and lifestyle changes or you know obesity prevention or you know people need to be exercising more eating better and and it and I think if people underestimate as well how much they do and and having those insights where you can quantify them which is odd because I'm a qualitative researcher and like numbers are really not my thing but actually it's less about the actual numbers and I have had obsessions at times of like, have I done 10,000 steps today? Or like, I've got targets, you know, and I do have numerical targets um, that I do try to to meet. But I, I suppose it's less about that and more about creating a data set that I can then look back and I can look at trends. And the thing that I find most frustrating is that there are a couple of apps where you can do cross tabs to look at relationships between things. But even as someone who tracks so much, it's very difficult to actually make any connections between 
thinks. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, why on certain days am I more hungry or have I eaten more than I probably should? Or, you know, what is that, is that related to my mood or is that because I've actually just done a really long run? Or, you, you know, there are those kind of level things, but I want to be able to do more sophisticated things with my own data. And I also want my data to be useful in a healthcare context. I want that to be part of my story. I want the fact that I've got that genetic profile to be part of that. So everything kind of links up. And I take part in studies quite a lot where I just give data or like share data as much as possible. I want it to be useful. Um, and I think from sort of N of one study, it's useful for me in some ways, not very useful in other ways because I can't do stuff with it. But if everyone was tracking everything, I don't know. And maybe that's like... Well, I, I think there's something there. And, and so for me, it's a couple of things you've said. And I love all this stuff. And I know we might get time to talk about the running stuff yes. that we do later on. But um, what's really interesting to me is you talked about your medical records. Yep. And for everyone here, that's a snapshot in time when we will have had an issue or a challenge in our lives physically. Um, if you look at the running uh, analogy, uh, you know the events that we get, the medals that we get, um, that's the end mm -hmm. of a very long and complicated story. And we capture the end, the medal moment, yeah. right? And there's there's something about again, you know, the matter. Most of the matter in the universe that we don't understand is is dark matter, and that's the majority of it. Mm -hmm. And there's something there about data that's unseen, giving us the explanation for the stuff that we capture. Yeah. So by the time we get to the doctors, actually, what is it that took us there? What is it that got us there? What's the context and you know, for, for me, I, I'm with you. If we could, if we could track as many inputs as possible mm -hmm. that may seem innocuous at the time uh, and unnecessary, who knows? They may actually hold the key to why we're there at the end. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. right? So Absolutely. often it's the data that's not there that that is the important data. If that makes any kind of sense. Absolutely, and and we we talk all the time between yep. ourselves about, uh, and we we've, we've spoken before, Heather, about no one knows ourselves better than us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if we can give people a platform um through wh whatever that is paper and pen an app um talking to someone that knows them really well to reflect back to them and say actually you're not doing really well or actually you're having a great day because yeah. we overlook that too and we say that journey uh, is really important mm -hmm. um and actually giving them that awareness is really important um, and I think that's ultimately our, our aspiration that you understood and your aspiration through through um, your students. Um, and I think that's really um, our end goal. Well, actually, it will never be an end goal because if we do this right, we'll be continually changing yeah. as technology advances. Yes. Yeah. And as people grow greater awareness, um, hopefully the ambition and the aspiration will be to want more mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. um, do, do, you get, do you get technology fatigue? You know, you're tracking so many things. Mm. It's a bit like, you know, again, in, in my world, there's so many different platforms that offer the same thing. Mm -hmm. And eventually it's like, how many more platforms do we need, right? And I think we're probably coming towards that point in terms of social perception mm -hmm. of being tracked. Um, so have you experienced that or, or do you think we're getting to that point or actually do you think there's a lot of room yet um, for, for that to... I think there's a lot of room yet. A lot yet. of room, okay, yeah. Um, and I would say even like, so let's just focus on the last couple of years. So I took on additional tracking because I took part in several COVID studies um, 
and you know scheduled a time every morning where I just sat and did all the data entry and that's like why I did because I thought it could be useful you know to giving data in for analysis and at, at, at the early point of the pandemic as well it was sort of prospective rather than you know there weren't necessarily research questions it was just let's have the data and so no I don't and it's funny because people quite often say to me you know you're maybe a bit obsessive about you know could you take the technology off could you I get really really stressed like when I have to charge the things yeah um yeah. and they're not on me and then they're not capturing and, because you're you know, missing the data right? yeah and like it's currently <laughs> stressing me that I know that I'm gonna have to remember what I ate for lunch and put it into my app because I didn't do it when we were eating lunch <laughs> So, and like, I'm like, wow, okay. I've had an extra glass of water that I need to make sure I track. So it's like, I, that to me, it's very important to keep, to have that there. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. I've got to say, so is that, is that about tracking it or is it actually about having the ability to reflect on it and draw conclusion at some point in the future that might not be a given time? You just want that data to be as accurate as possible mm -hmm. when that time comes. Is that where the anxiousness or is it just habitual anxiousness to say, damn, that's something I always do and I haven't done it. So that's a black mark. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, but what I would say is I, I think the having the accurate record is more important. So I, I think it is both. But I think for me, like being able to look back and have a having a complete I don't want an incomplete record like I, you know it's, it's yep. that it's kind of like why would I track four glasses of water but not six like right. what's the point in yeah. having that so yeah. there's no point so unless it's a complete record there's yeah. there's no point um yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's ruined it's it ruined is. It is. but it's funny isn't it because I had some conversation with with you and one of our colleagues um um, in a car park, funny enough, when we mm -hmm. came out of a, 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 a student presentation, yep. and I said, actually, I feel quite guilty when I when I don't track my mood diary, my, my mood tracking, and I've tracked that for over two thousand days, and I feel like, oh, when I don't track my mood, I feel like, oh, I've missed a day. There's a, there's a spot missing. However, I know that it's very important for me to keep a a, a track of my mood because it impacts. Um, on my awareness mm -hmm. of my mood fluctuations. Yeah. So I know if I miss a day, that might become two days, that might become three days, and I know that that's important for me mm -hmm. to keep an eye on things. Yes. Yeah. So so it's a bit of a kind of the the guilt's the wrong word, but the the guilt I'm going to call it guilt, but the guilt is actually helpful for me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so maybe maybe we should think about that then. As a, as a, we know that it takes commitment mm -hmm. to keep. To keep a to, to track to track yeah and one of the challenges that any um you know digital health platform technology um faces is this kind of um you know commitment barrier mm -hmm. why should i do it mm -hmm. why should i track my, mm -hmm. my mood or my um menstrual cycle or my food you know why should i do it and how do you get past that that point where you realize or you um you get to a point where you think, oh, this is actually helpful for me. Where does it become habit? Does it become that guilt or that that sort of that point of of where you get, get to the top of the mountain and you go over it? Or do you think it takes a type of personality? Or do you have to have a, a challenge first? I, I'd also say you can capture all the data you want about anything you mm -hmm. want. The the key question for me is when you're faced with that data. 
is that going to change your behavior? Yeah. So is that going to change anything about your habits and behaviors moving forward beyond the point of reflection? Yeah. And that's the key thing, because if it doesn't, the value of that data surely is almost entertainment versus mm -hmm. impactful. Yeah. yeah. And, and are you going into something looking for change or just for just for yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so i wrote a, a blog post um a few years ago it was a reflection so i, I had a kind of history of like starting running and then giving up and like i would do it for a bit and then I'd give up and then i'd do it for a bit give up, do it. and then i lecture on an undergraduate course um on exercise and sports science and the two lectures that I was asked, can you give these two lectures? One of them is motivation to exercise. <laughs> one of them is adherence to exercise. And I loved the motivation lecture because I was like, yeah. And I always felt like such a fraud when I when I did the adherence one because I just like over a 10 year period, like started running, stopped running, started. Yeah. So in 2018, I gave that adherence lecture and I made a vow. I'm not going to stop running. And since then, I, d I didn't until I had my accident um, in November <laughs> running a marathon. Um, I did three and a half years of uh, continuous running. And so to me, tracking was really... So it's not just the kind of passive tracking that you can do because the device is doing it. It's an active like switch on Strava. It's capturing that. We've had a conversation before. I hate Strava. But there are other apps. Disclaimer. 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 But yeah, that's the one I use for, for running. And I mean, it's it's like... You know, I reflect on that every year. It's actually really nice doing that. those two lectures every year. They, they tend to happen in early March. And it's just like then seeing that data have been built up. And, uh, you know, I think that and that that's really about anything like motivation, maybe to track in the first instance. But I think there needs to be engagement with it. I think I really like the fact that the food thing you have to manually do like because it, yeah. it's a it's a, an active exercise. It's something that you have to think about doing. You have to do where I can wear this watch and it's doing stuff you know can wear this ring it's doing stuff um without me and a, f a few people have said things like well yeah but if it, do you not just what's the point because it's just tracking in the background and you know do you look at it you, I look at it all the time <laughs> even yeah. though I know I mean I know you know I've been for I know we've walked around Edinburgh today yeah. you know does it matter how many steps I've done or not well yeah, it does to me, actually. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's yeah. important to me. But the, oh, yeah. the autonomous tracking, which is the easy bit because you don't have to think about yeah. it, yeah. versus the conscious manual tracking, yeah. I think there's a huge difference yeah. in those two things. Mm -hmm. So one's yeah. a lower barrier to entry, yeah. right? Because it's just tracking, giving you data yeah. without any effort at all. And there's yeah. still an opportunity to reflect. Yeah. The other one, you actually have to think and engage in yeah. capture of that data. And the very act of reflecting on that as you're inputting it is powerful in itself, no matter where the data is coming from. Yeah. Because you've got to take time away from what you're doing to make sure that data is input and it's input correctly mm -hmm. so that when you do get the reflective moment, it's as powerful as it can be. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for like physical change and like dietary change, you know, um, a lot of exercise applications are out there, but then there are a few that stand out because it actually gets you involved and allows you to participate. Um, Apple does this thing where it started off with tracking your steps. Then all of a sudden started tracking how much you climb, how well you sleep and then, and we don't know when we actually um, offer Apple to track all of our data. And then eventually you subconsciously pass through the health app and then you see, oh, last year I was taking a thousand steps per day. 
And this year I'm taking 500 steps per day. And you're like, why is that? Now that's for the physical because we understand the need to actually not live a sedentary life. Yeah. For mental health is the same thing. If there is um, an improved interest um, in understanding why there's a huge mood fluctuation and I can actually go back through an application and see, oh, this is why this has happened. This is why this is reoccurring. I might then be much more interested in being uh, in making conscious efforts to track and you know, you know, write down into an application. It might not be as easy. I mean, for um, fit for um, dietary, you have to like, oh, I had two glasses today, or you have to go back and like, I had another glass, or oh, I had another mm-hmm. glass, and it's, it's just the consciousness okay. and it's understanding that uh, I need to drink water, or I need to. Um, be in my best mental state to be able to, you know, function properly academically with my relationship or mm-hmm. um, with my dogs or whatever. It's that realization that, oh, I have to be good, right, first, before, I, if I'm not feeling good mentally, I don't think I would want to go for a run. If I'm feeling all gloomy and sad and uh, or, or pressured or have so much on my mind, I might not consider my physical health. And I yes, might it might be the best thing and for yeah, you. And, and, and yeah, I was yeah. going to say, or, or it might be the opposite. Because I know, like, um, like, for running, for me, it's like to clear my head and that's the right yeah, time. And that's that the thing. Yeah. And, like, just having had a period of not being able to get... Like, it's interesting because... Well, I had an accident and I couldn't walk, right? So I've had probably the lowest mood that I've had yeah. in my life over the last... So, well, since November, I made myself still wear this watch every day, even though I couldn't walk. Like I couldn't do any steps. My I couldn't bend my knee, um, and it was that was stressing me out. But I, instead of giving up on the tracking or changing my targets, I just tried to make myself comfortable with those numbers, just not being there. Like going from you know training for a marathon and all of that, and looking at people running and like thinking, you know, okay, I will run again, but I can't at the moment. But it's still important to ha- to not give up on the tracking to me because I will ha- I can reflect on that period of time yeah. and know that that's what was happening then. And, and taking control of what you can take control yeah. of yeah. is really important. Yeah. Yes. And letting that stuff go because yes. it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. When you realise you can't physically go out and do the things you want to do yes. or mentally any, yeah. um, that's so, yeah. it's like, it's a burden. It's yeah. a big burden. And um, I I love what you said about correlations and identifying Mm. them, N.A. And I wonder, you know, again, back to the unseen data. So let's pick something that's really obvious is um, you get some good sleep and and you feel great the next day versus getting two hours sleep and you don't feel great the next day. For us as human beings to make the correlation there and the connection between those two pieces of data is relatively straightforward. But as you kind of peel back the layers, there's some things that we do that we're in control of or external. It's like weather or uh, social relationships or behaviors that we may have um, that we don't understand impacts our mental health in specific ways. And it's trying to use the technology or leverage the technology that's available to Mm -hmm. us to try and join those dots on our behalf because we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's a really fascinating thing, I think. Yeah. Because um, just like um, physical health, it took a while for a lot of campaign or you need to go out, you need to take a walk, you need to take a run, you need to cycle more. Um, then the climate change happened, the acts began to come up and then everyone was like, oh, let's cycle. Let's, you know, let's walk instead of taking cars. For mental health and emotional well-being, I think it requires the same amount of energy and movements. And just yeah. like you said, you you can't say um, the reason I had two hours sleep today um, 
is related to this and this and this, if you've not put it down somewhere. I mean, it might be difficult for you to reflect two days after it's passed because you're like, I don't really remember. But if you actually had it put down, you're like, oh, I could just go back and be like, oh, this happened and this happened again this week and hence the same outcome and same, you know, um, reactions to it. And I remember when um, we sent you a document and we read through some papers that if you have these things written down, uh, you might feel... If you're going to approach a doctor and you want to relate um, with the doctor on a personal basis yeah. and you can't really remember, you can always say, oh, let me just check. And then you're like, oh, yes, so this happened. And hence. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, it, it just requires the same energy from like the actors to like, push. Yeah. And consistency is very key. Yeah. yeah. And it, and we, we talk about um, one of our core values being investment, mm-hmm. you know, that investment in, in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and consciousness. Yeah. yeah. I think there's, you know, that thing about the conversation with the doctor and we talked about medical records and things, you know, that's just such a, and you, you use the word snapshot, call it. And I think, you know, you go, there's this, I don't know if it's a culture of, you know, if there's something wrong, you go to the doctor and you get an answer, but actually you've got so many answers yourself. You you know all of that stuff that you've been doing or not doing or um, feeling or the, the kind of, but actually having a record of that and being able to really pinpoint, like you said, different points in time and being able to give that true account that that context to it is really really important in you taking an active and participatory role in your health you know we don't that's empowerment isn't it empowerment but but the, the thing that i guess challenges me is when we talk about physical health as individuals, you know, we, we accept as a society all sorts of metrics, right? Yeah. So we'll get on the scales, right? Mm-hmm. Or oh, how many you know, pounds or kilos have we gained or lost? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll track our heart rates. You know, we'll, we'll go for runs because we understand that's physically good for us. We'll try and eat the best nutritional foods that we can because we understand the link and the correlation mm-hmm. between those foods and our physical health. Yeah. Where do we do that for our mental health? Where do we measure and track it? You know, as a, as a society, right? You know, as individuals, I think some of us have got a better grip on it than others, but yeah. we don't seem to take the mental health. And by the way, when I talk about health, the two are intrinsically mm-hmm. linked. There yes. is no, you know, you can't just be defined by mental health. You can't no, be defined be, by no. physical health. No. Yeah. Health is a combination Plus, of yeah. your mental yeah. mm-hmm. and physical yeah. health. Yeah. But, but, we have to change the narrative mm-hmm. around mental health and enable and empower people Absolutely. to start tracking yeah. and, and and you know being instilled with the right behaviours on their on their mental health. I think. Yeah. So, so I wonder then if, if this is a a controversial question. Then, when it comes to mental health, um, have people been guided in terms mm. of their physical health? You know. And you spoke a lot about, you know, there's kind of been a campaign around physical health, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. get on your bike, get into the gyms, you know, lots of gyms sprung up. Sprung up, yeah, you know? e-gyms all um, of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. is the kind of empowerment, you know, um, take control of your mental health, is it a bit pie in the sky? Yeah. Are people looking to be guided more around mental health? That's a really interesting question, I think, as well. Sorry, I don't know if you were going to jump in there. But. No, because like <laughs> for physical health, I know right from kids in school, you know, on these days, you have to be on the field. Yeah, PE. Yeah, yeah PE. It's, it's, it's scheduled. Yeah. And right from, I do not know, maybe different contexts, but right from a tender age, home, you're trained to be strong. Like, uh, you're trained not to focus too much on your emotional and feelings because if you focus and dwell on it, you know, 
you might neglect so many things. But then it's the other way around because you keep on pushing, pushing, pushing all of these things backwards, you know, not reflecting upon them, not healing. And then a couple of years, 18, 17, 20, you're like, well, now I'm crappy. <laughs> now I'm all yeah. messed up because yeah. they're all coming back and I can't handle it because there's so much pressure coming out from that door. Yeah. And yes, if from schools, you know, your kids are, and you're trained on a daily basis to take some time, reflect on, you know, the relationships and the conversations you've had, reflect on what you ate, reflect on how, um, uh, let me, this, an, this analogy, like how your fights with um, Kevin um, yeah. had an effect on how you ate during lunch or how your arguments yeah, or course, conversation with your teacher. Lengths, yeah. yeah, so you start that at a young age and it keeps growing, mm -hmm. you know, it keeps on, and then you pick these things up. And yes, I would say the um, the enlightenment is very important. You know, it's like a yin yang relationship. Yeah. You know, emotional health has an impact on your physical health. Physical health has yeah. an impact on you. Yeah. There's not not any can do without the other. Yeah. It's very yeah. important. So just like you mentioned, I might um, feel better when I go on a run, clear my head. But I might not be able to go. Someone else might not be able to go for a run because they have yeah. so much on their head. Yeah. So, it's so very unique, isn't it? Very unique, yeah. you know, to the individual. Yeah. yeah. And I know from my own experience working in mental health that, that there are school programs where they're trying to bring in, um, you know, emotional literacy and 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 things like that to to schools. Yeah. But I agree, you know, it could be vastly improved, yeah. and there could be more resources, um, put into it. But I just wonder, you know, um, are people still waiting for some guidance around? How do we how, how do, do we, we deal with it? And I how do we engage? Very interesting during the pandemic. You know, like the the thing was you could go oh, certainly in the UK, the kind of advice was you could go out for a walk once a day. And several people got in touch and were like, I'm going for a walk once a day. I don't know why, I don't even like walking. Um, <laughs> like why what am I doing what the government tells me to do? Like what what? And then it was just like that was the only thing that they could do, you know. Yeah. And um and so one friend in particular was like so I've stopped. I'm not going out for a day walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why am I doing that? But it's funny, you know, like the government say you can do that. So, you, just, you know, so few people do it. But, but it was a guide, wasn't it? It, it was a guide. guidance. guidance yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and maybe, but the, ex not the explicit, maybe the, so maybe in normal life when we're, you know, pre-pandemic, we, we engage in walking or exercise behaviours because they make us feel good or because we enjoy them or whatever. But in that context, it's because we were stuck at home. Was it where, was that for our physical health or was that for our mental, mental health, health that we were actually mm. being encouraged to go out and do something? And mm -hmm. but it, but certainly the mental health the, that didn't come across to me the value of it uh, in the mental health terms. It wasn't really explicit or that the two might be joined. Actually, staying at home might not be good for you, but we can't all mix. So you should go out and get exercise so you're not going stir crazy because you're like cabin fever. I, I don't think they were really discussed as openly as you know reasons why you might go for a go walk. For a walk. It, it doesn't make sense does it no. because because i would imagine and you know i don't know this for sure but i would imagine the vast majority of the population felt physical and mental benefits yeah. from, yes. from doing from doing the walking absolutely. um absolutely yeah and 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 we can't sit here and do our podcast without <laughs> me getting on my pedestal again about <laughs> mental health every time mental health is discussed it's always bad bad yeah always yeah. bad yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's not and it's not no. and and you know people just like they experience good physical health can be in prime condition mentally absolutely. and we should talk and we should celebrate and we should yeah. learn from those people and the reality is those people will probably not stay there 
Because yeah, physical health real. and mental health are, are very much both a journey, right? But changing the narrative around celebrating, perhaps that's too strong a word, but celebrating people with good mental health, it should be applauded mm -hmm. and it should be embraced and recognised and championed um, because the reality is we're all going to face challenges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it comes to us all, um, some, some, you know, more challenging than others, but you know, let's celebrate when we're in a good place as well. I agree. Um, yeah. and, and it takes time and effort sometimes to do that, conscious time and effort to get to a good place mm -hmm. in the mental health space. Um, and other times you're just fortunate enough to be there. I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Being able to recognise that as well as, you just know, for yourself. The same thing, to recognise that you're in mm -hmm. a good space. Yeah. yeah, and to be able to go, yeah, I know I feel. And also, I think sharing. So I, I think a lot of people, you know, it comes to crisis point, maybe before someone share, shares something or they've accessed a service or it's become, um, you know, the family members or friends have picked up on signals and things like that. But I think certainly... For me, it's been very strange the last few months because I've really opened up about like the, the lower moments and the feelings and like making connections between things that. So it's been interesting because I think I have been fortunate to have good mental health for uh, like, you know, really like long time that I've just never really felt down. And recently I have. And I think that's been such a positive experience for me because I've had my confidence has been knocked. I've had, I've had low mood. I've felt very emotional about things and it's been actually so challenging, but in a, in a positive way. So actually we can also think about the challenges and the bad mm -hmm. stuff as actually being really, cause I'm like, wow, this is the whole side of myself. I didn't know that was in me. Like, this is really quite cool. This is very, you know, I haven't felt fear like that or anxiety like that before ever. Wow. And it's like, here's a philosophical question then. By going through the challenge and by experiencing the bad mental health, I love that. Let's say poor, poor. It's very important. Do you think that you appreciated where you had previously been more so because of going through those challenges? And is there something there around, again, maybe too philosophical, mm -hmm. but society? Almost, you know, this prevalence of convenience, simplicity, easy access to everything. When you look historically back and compare, is there something about having things easier today and not really appreciating all of the things that we have? And I'm tying that back specifically mm -hmm. to mental health. So when you talked about, you know, you've been on a really good journey for a long time and all of a sudden you were knocked. Yep. Um, but I just wonder whether it changed your attitude or the way you reflected on being in the good space, right? Or yeah. did it not? Did, did... I think I, then I realised, oh, it's always been really good. So mm -hmm. whereas before I probably hadn't like actively thought anything about it because I hadn't experienced like this. So, or, or you know, and it's, but then I think, do I want to go back to that? Well, actually, no, because I quite like this. Like, not that, and it, it's... I think it's this thing, you know, is it good or bad or is it a fluctuation or is it just recognising a new piece of yourself or I don't know. I think I'm now not seeing it as quite as clear cut as like good, bad or yeah. like that or I want to get back hence, to that place. Hence that, right? Because, yeah. because all you're saying is actually it's just different. It's just different. And, and it's, an, and it's a, an opportunity it's to grow. It is. Right? It is a Absolutely. real opportunity yeah. to grow. Yeah. And, and yeah. seeing it positive. So actually I'm kind of like in a way it's almost better than 
but the best ones yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's it's like wow there's this all this other things that you, you can feel and experience and actually that's the richness of it it's um yeah. it's yeah and you can relate i guess better to other people maybe who have expect or you can yes. share and discuss and i think having more open conversations has been something that has been really useful um and just those reflections and yeah having that because it was all really for me about physical health you know tracking 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 and actually having this experience has really pushed me to think about mental health much more because i didn't preview maybe i just um not an assumption but because i didn't have to I wasn't prompted to think about it. Yeah. And this is prompted the me guidance to now we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. that guidance because actually there isn't really anything you know there's lots of response mode stuff to but there's not a lot of but proactive yeah. like prevention yeah. and prevention yes. we talk about that a lot don't we? Yeah. Yeah, and how how do you do that? You know, is it important to sort of have checkpoints that so say the physical health tracking that I would sit in the morning and type in the, the stuff is it should you know people wrote diaries but in the past do people write handwrite diaries now I don't know you know <laughs> recordings or you know capturing how you feel is actually as important as capturing like how many steps you've done or you know what you ate for breakfast um, absolutely yeah. yeah and that's that's the journey we're on. It is. And um, I guess I'm going to put you on the spot now. <laughs> the, last, the last last question, and it is all about capturing how you feel and creating awareness and, and empowerment in our in our users, uh, you understood. And uh, you've had our prototype for the last few weeks, month, yeah. few weeks. Yeah. Couple, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we are obviously super impressed with uh, all the work and the research that you do. And um uh, and we're hoping you'll stick around with us on the journey for a little bit. Yeah. Um, we would love to know um, what you think of our aspirations, what you think of us, not us personally, because <laughs> that might go down a big hole somewhere that we don't want to. We don't want to get, not, get into right here. No, no, let's not open that door. Um, but you know, um, just what you think of, of what we're trying to do, and and yeah. um, and given your experience, um, let's have it. <laughs> I think I think it's I mean it's from from day one from having the introduction I think it's it, it's like ah yeah well no one's doing this in this space and no one's doing and you know I think we we clicked instantly when yeah. we met you know I think we've got a lot of common interests and and aspirations and certainly it's something that is funny because maybe just personally it has it, been missing in my you know this kind of platform has been missing and now I'm like oh this is a thing that I need that I didn't know I needed or wanted or or could could use so and and I'm as you know as an early adopter of tracker I love and I think it's a really important thing and thinking about this guidance you know if we could embed this and have this as an opportunity for people to to have a platform have a space to track and we were talking over lunch there as well about some of the ways that we might do that and um the, the, the sort of i think like beyond even just the current technology that exists uh, and i think having that big ambition and paul you talked about you know the gap and like what you know moving towards the, in the direction of travel but is there ever a destination anyway you know you know you're going to arrive yeah. because it's about building that functionality and just keep building and building so i don't think you know that saying it's a prototype yes but actually it, it's more than that because it's doing that job or it's doing the work that you want it to do already and yeah. yeah it can build other 
you know, you're getting the insights from users and the ways it will adapt and layer. But I think I think it's really exciting because I think it started that that, you know, that it could exist. It does exist. And it's, you know, it's going to continue to exist. And I think certainly the work that any Angola are doing as well, you know, bringing different perspectives into that and helping to develop. But I think, I just think it's really exciting. And um, it's great to have access, early access. And I know it's not out there for everyone yet, but I think, you know, being part of this journey is very exciting. And I'm loving working with you. I'm loving that, you know that we do click and connect and right and like and that is a personal thing as well you know it is we need to get it to show out because like (laughs) 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 but it's so about you know relationship and it's just you know the conversations that we've had about the things that's important to reflect on and to have the opportunities to do and I, i think we're all on board with it um but i don't think we're just you know patting each other on the back and reinforcing it for each other i think it really deeply connects with our experiences with our professional backgrounds with our expertise our interests and I think a genuine you know I talked about applied health sciences getting getting stuff out there that's useful making a difference and we've got huge problems with mental health I mean even some work I did with ambulance service a few years ago you know one of the the key things that people call dial 999 for is is mental health crises you know and and is 999 the right place? Yeah. And we're waiting to the point that people are in crisis point. And then they, you know, they do they have help. any yeah. data or any understandings of themselves? It's like that path. And if we can help people through encouraging and supporting use of technology um, yeah. to be able to do that, then it can make so everyone's got a mobile phone, really. You know, yeah. it's yeah. just, you know. Yeah, like you say, it's it's um, preventing crisis for someone through yeah. their own awareness. Yes, yeah. and it's empowering because, you know, how disempowering to be like, I don't know what else to do apart from phone and ambulance because it's something happening in my head. Like, you know, and that is, and there's no, you know, you can call an ambulance because you've broken your leg and someone can put it back together and plaster you up and send you home and you can walk again in six weeks' time. But you, you can't, the mental health isn't, that, that needs that more active um engagement with it on a day-to-day basis that empowers people to recognize patterns for themselves and to see that in their own data and to own it and and to own the ups and downs and we talk ups and downs of good or bad and I don't know you know that's life's journey but if you can capture some of it and use it in a in a way that is powerful isn't yeah it? it's really powerful, powerful. You, you just said something that, that I guess we don't talk about enough which is the ownership thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we definitely don't talk about that autonomy. enough. Autonomy, autonomy, but but, but yeah. When you're inputting the data, that's your data. That's mm-hmm. your experience. That's yeah. your feelings. That's your mental health. It's a self reflection, and it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's nobody else's. Yeah. yeah, and that's a really powerful thing. And it starts to give you back a sense of control. Yeah, yeah. even if it's challenging data. Yeah. yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. that is powerful in itself. And I think preventing, as, as you yep. just said, and, you is know, critical. For someone that has, you know, I hope personally for someone that has called 999, that actually might give someone hope. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. have to do that mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Heather, Annie, thank you so much for joining us in our posh podcast <laughs> uh, room. And uh, Guitar next time, right? Guitar next time, maybe. <laughs> 
No, I was raising in that in, that, in agreement with the, I was like, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, two votes. Yes. Yeah, it's three to one. Three to one. We, we, we really appreciate it. We really yeah. do. We're very, very touched by it. We really appreciate the support. And you talked about, you know, we're not just patting ourselves on the back. I can testify every time I'm in the same room as NA, I get the hardest time ever. <laughs> You're, you're so, welcome. You're welcome. So, you're welcome, Paul. Yeah, she keeps them grounded. Yeah. But in, in, in all seriousness, what you what you brought, Wongle have bought, and and what you're bringing is is just fantastic. The breadth, the different ways to look at things, really broadens out what we're doing, doesn't it? And yeah. and and you know, the more eyes you have on something through that lived experience, and the more creativity and ideas that come. You know, we're we're excited about that because it it will make it the best possible um, piece of technology that we can provide we can today. Right, yeah, um, sure. But 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 equally, one of the things to close up on, sorry, is <laughs> is we we absolutely don't want to just be technology led, right? Yeah. And this is why we're all sat here, yep. you know, talking about it. I think I think people um, consume the narrative around mental health and learn from that uh, in many different ways and and this is one of those channels technology will be another and there are a hundred others mm-hmm. um and we recognize that and i think it's really important that we're not single stream on on on, uh, on reaching out to our to our users i think as well that in you know working with you as well is really important for me in my sort of professional role and as a researcher and as an academic because it's feedback in like what kinds of questions do we need to be asking what kinds of studies do we need to be doing mm-hmm. you know how you know is measurement important or is, how do we um understand these concepts and practices better and how can we do the the research in the university as well to then feedback into that so it's more of a process a loop and a, a relationship a collaboration and i think that's, that's really beautiful and i think that we can even have conversations like this coming from our different backgrounds and coming, you know, our different hats on that we have um, is just incredible. So thank you so much for, for inviting us and for working with us too, because it, it's, it's fantastic. Appreciate it. Super. Awesome. All right. Good. Good. It's a wrap. Sorry. What are you, what are you doing? You're away in the whole thing. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>